are the only one that can clean us. So Lord, as we hear, hear your word this morning, may your word purify our hearts and make our spirits right with you. I thank you for an anointing to teach and preach this word to your sheep, God, that they might hear and obey and be filled with faith and run the race that's set before them. May there be an anointing upon them as well. May their ears be open to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give our praise and worship ministry a hand for their services this morning? We appreciate their ministry. So, we are in a series called Clean Heart and Right Spirit, and today's message is God with us. And because we were unable to cleanse ourselves, God came down to wash our hearts with his word. Amen? It's his word that washes our heart. The very premise of this series started two weeks ago, and we began talking about our necessity to guard our hearts. Our hearts must be guarded. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 27 for a quick review so I can bring you all up to speed on why God requires a clean heart and a right spirit, and we must be willing to guard our hearts after he has cleansed us and washed us with his blood through faith and regeneration. We're in Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 20, and this is Proverbs, so this is Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. These are his writings, and here's what he said. My child, and remember, he's inspired by the Holy Spirit to say this. And if he's inspired by the Holy Spirit to say this, what you're really hearing is the heart of God. So here we go. My child, pay attention to what I say. What are we paying attention to? To what he says. Listen carefully to my words. To his what? His words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart for they bring life to those who find them. What do they bring? Life. life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. What does it do for our body? Heals our body. Verse 23 says this, in light of all that, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. What do we have to stay on? The safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Last week, we learned that where your heart goes, your spirit goes, right? And we saw that David's heart was not uh, with going to war, even though it was time to go to war. So his feet kept him at the palace. And then his feet caused him to get sidetracked into having an affair with another man's wife to get her pregnant and then kill her husband. He got sidetracked. So the Bible says that we should stay on the safe path. What's the name of that path? Safe. The safe path. 
We need to stay on the safe path because God is soon to come or we are soon to leave. I just had to bury a dear friend not long ago. Last week, uh, Wendy Burden passed away, so she's with Jesus now. Amen. So that's what happens to the believer. We go to be with Jesus. So we don't know if Jesus is coming back first or we're going to him. But I do know this. We must stay on the safe path. What's the name of the path? The safe path. There's only one safe path, and that path has been marked out by Jesus Christ. So we must guard our hearts. The human heart, another quick review. The human heart, when the Bible talks about the heart, it's not talking about this muscle in our chest. It's talking about our inner man, our mind, our will, our soul, our knowledge, our determination, our conscience. You see, the heart is the headquarter of our appetites, emotions, and passions. So whatever you long for, that, that, that thing is coming from your heart. So if you long for right things, it means that your heart is right. If you long for wrong things, it means that your heart is wrong. Let's listen to what Jeremiah says about the human heart. Jeremiah chapter 17, beginning in verse 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Say this with me. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. So listen to me. Don't you ever trust your own heart. Don't trust your own heart separate from God because Jeremiah says this, the human heart is the most deceitful. What is it? Deceitful. The human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. So whatever is in our heart soon becomes an action or soon becomes a word. The human heart, absent from the presence of God, is a desperately wicked place, and they are all born that way. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 6, tell us what the earth looked like after Adam and Eve had fallen. Here's what God said. This is God talking. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent or imagination of the thoughts of his heart, the thoughts of his what? The thoughts of his heart was only evil continually, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Bible tells us that God saw the imagination of the heart and that it was desperately wicked. But wait a minute. I thought we were taught that our imagination happens up here. We were taught that imagination happens in our brain. But the Bible tells us no imagination happens in your heart because that's where you really are. That's where your mind and your will lives. It's in your heart. And I know I'm pointing to this muscle, but I'm not really talking about this muscle. This is just where we know the heart to be. But the heart of a man is the essence of a man, whether he be truly good or whether he be truly evil. And God looked at humanity and said all they, their hearts ever think about is e evil. So 
So what we know is this, that a wicked world equals wicked hearts. So what you see happening in this world and the wickedness of this world and the war and the greed and the lust really testifies to the heart of man. So wicked hearts produce wicked thoughts continuously. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. It says this, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So however your heart thinks, that is what you become. You can't change it. If you don't change your heart, you can't change your mind and you cannot change your life. So a person's inner thoughts are produced in their inner lives. Whatever their heart thinks is what we get. So the reason that there are murderers, we've seen people commit murder in this world because they had thoughts about murder. And when you have thoughts about murder, you become a murderer. And we have to understand that all that we ever see out of a person is really what's in their heart. That's the only thing that's capable of coming out of their lives. So the Holy Spirit spoke to me on yesterday morning and began to speak to me about micros and macros, minors and majors. And let me just read what I wrote. In the imagination of our hearts, we think it's good to do things that aren't that bad. The worldly things we look at on social media and television, we justify by saying it's not that bad. There's no nudity or very little foul language. So the human heart sets the bar very low at not that bad. Church, can you say not that bad? But remember what I told you just a little bit ago. The human heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. And if you listen to it, the human heart will get you craving for things and we will justify them and say, oh, it's not that bad. The human heart is deceitful. What is the human heart? Deceitful. deceitful. So what we will find ourselves doing is craving things that are not that bad. And who told us it wasn't that bad? The deceitful heart. So that's why I'm telling you, church, and that is why God is requiring us to have a clean heart and a right spirit. So the human heart sets the bar very low at not that bad or a micro or minor wrong. But where does God set the bar? The human heart is craving to be satisfied and fully indulge in wicked behavior. As believers, we know better than that, but it doesn't stop us from nibbling. So the human heart is desperately wicked, and it wants all the sin. Give me it all. I want it all, right? But as believers, we know that's wrong. But still, our hearts can deceive us, and we might not go full bore crazy, but we'll still nibble on the little things of the world and say, ah, it's not that bad. At least it's not. I'm not doing all of this anymore, right? But I'll just nibble and nibble on this because it's, church, can you say, not that bad? Our human hearts are very deceitful, and we set the bar very low at not that bad. So here's what God is saying. God is saying, get out of the kitchen. I'm preparing a healthy meal for your soul, but we go in the cabinets, which are our phones, televisions, sinful relationships, and we snack behind his back. How many of you can be, remember being a child and mom's cooking dinner, but you're starving and she catches you in the kitchen. She says, get out of the kitchen. 
I'm cooking right now. I don't want you to mess up your what? Appetite. So God is saying, I want your heart to have a righteous appetite. But if you get too hungry, you'll go behind my back. You'll begin to snack on the things of the world again. Our cravings, listen to this, our cravings define the condition of our hearts along with the words that come out of our mouths. Now, don't raise your hand, but I guarantee you some of us, or if probably all of us, we know that, that, that the Bible is where we ought to be. We know that in worship is where we ought to be. We know that we should love God with all our hearts, minds, and souls, but sometimes we find ourselves snacking on things that are not that bad. Come on. Just seeing how quiet we'll get. Because <laughs> we're all guilty, right? So we used to be full, born, full uh, sinners that would do whatever our heart desired. But once we got saved, we, knew, we know it's wrong to do the whole, we think it's wrong to eat the whole pie. I'm not going to eat the whole sin pie, but every once in a while, I'll go and pinch a little piece of that crust off and snack on that right? I know it should be in my Bible, but it's so much easier to pick up that phone. The Bible is the full meal that God has for me, the phone in the kitchen, the table that's set before us, but our phone, social media, television represents the world, and we don't mind just snacking on that because it's, church, can you say, not that bad? Our hearts are deceitful, and they will lead us to do things that we think are not that bad, but listen to what Jesus says, Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 through 29. Let me make sure I'm preaching to the right crowd. How many of you desire to go to heaven, stand before a holy God and be de- 